You know how you win the battle? Listen now. You and I have the opportunity to walk in victory, to claim the victory, to experience the victory that is already ours. Because I know I have something to offer. Go where you have never gone before. What you got. Keep moving through the pain. Keep moving forward. Do what you've never done before so you can be the woman you know yourself to be. I live my life playing to win. I'm after something. So much in you. We have the victory. Hey, Purpose Chasers, welcome to another episode of the Pray, Plan, Slay podcast. And this week's episode is very special. It's very near, dear to my heart. And that's for two reasons. The first reason is that it's my birthday. Yep, you'll be listening to this episode on the 29th of September, which is my 27th birthday. But also, this episode is really a catch up and it's testimony time because I got engaged over the weekend. So I said, yes. And I'm so excited to share the story with you, share the testimony with you. I know if you are a frequent listener to the podcast, you would have tuned into one of our actually most listened to episode um, in February, I think it is, and where I talk about singleness and being worth the wait. So if you haven't listened to that episode, I will link it to the show notes so you can catch up and see what God has been able to do in a span of just eight months. So this week, I am not alone. I have a special guest with me, my fiance, Mr. Cornell Fox, and you would remember him from the episode that he was featured on earlier this year, teaching us how to be good stewards of our finances. So let's welcome Cornell to the show. Fiance, welcome to the show. Thanks so much. I'm so glad to be back this time, not as a a, a guest from (laughs) from outside, but I'm now on the inside, aren't I? So uh, yeah, it's been a long journey. It has been a long journey, but one thing I will say is all year, people have been talking about how they want to cancel their 2020, and I have just been having really the best year ever because I've left it up to God, and if you remember at the end of last year, the beginning of this year, I was saying that the word that God gave me for this year is more. And I didn't know in on January 1st that more included this man who is be- beside me, my fiance. So we're just going to share with you just our testimony and answer a few questions just so you guys can see what God can do. I know a lot of the time as women, we think we're running out of time, but God can turn some things around in a short period of time. So let's just start with the story of how we met. I don't know who's going to tell this story. Let's see. Do you want me to tell this one and you'll tell the engagement one? Yeah, let's do that. All right. So I'll tell this story of how we met. We met on January 25th at the single summit that I was hosting under Sapphire Faith International Ministries with myself and Minister Marlene Flynn, who is my mother. I remember being the first speaker and doing the welcome. And while everybody was coming in and sitting down, I looked to the 
back of the room and I saw this handsome man walk in and I thought to myself, oh, he's handsome, but I was busy working. So I kind of just put a note in the back of my pocket in my brain and was just like, oh, I'll think about that later. But I should say another thing was that Cornell was the first guy that bought a ticket for our single summit. So every time we have a live event, I write down, and even virtual events, I write down the names of the attendees on a big piece of uh, poster board and I stick it up and I pray over everybody who's coming that so that they get what God needs. So I was super excited that he was the first guy who signed up for the single summit because, you know, sometimes it's really hard to get men out to these things. And we I think we were about a third full with men. So the summit started and I did the introductory exercise and I was throwing around a mini football that was an icebreaker game and I accidentally hit this man in his face and he was so nice after I apologized profusely because my hands-eye coordination isn't great. So fast forward a little bit, we went up to lunch during the lunch period and my mom had invited him to sit down at the table to continue a conversation they were having in the buffet line. And then she invited me to sit down at the table. Now, what I didn't know that he knew is that our friend Langray was trying to set us up. And you'll remember Langray from the Single Heart episodes one and two. And she had told him about me, but she didn't tell me about him. So we got to talking at lunch and I realized he was really interesting because I talked the whole lunch hour at the summit I was hosting and I didn't eat any food because I was so engrossed in the conversation. And he then said to me that he had to go to play for a funeral. So he had to leave early. And I said, okay. And I thought nothing of it, but I thought to myself, you know, that was a really great conversation. It wasn't superficial. We were having a really real conversation. Anyway, he left to do what he needed to do. And I thought that was the end of that. And I probably wouldn't see him again. And lo and behold, who walks back in? He went to play his funeral and he came back. And that made me smile. Um, And after that, after the event was over, Langray came by to introduce him and we told her that we already had lunch together. So I gave him my number and we started talking on the phone and he sent me a message and he said, well, we should continue our conversation maybe over dinner, I think, or coffee, something like that. that. And at the same time, he was messaging me about that. Langray had invited me to go to a restaurant in our city with her and her husband after the event. And I was hungry. So I said, you know what, I'll go out. I was just so excited that the summit went really well. And she was one of our speakers. So I went out and lo and behold, he was there again. So we had ended up having dinner together. And shortly after that, he asked me out to our first meeting slash date. She, she calls it a meeting. It was a date. He calls it a date. I call it a meeting. Um, But whatever it was, it was great. We started out at eight and we didn't finish till about one in the morning when the restaurant manager came over to tell us that they were closed now and we had to go. So we really, really just was so engrossed in the conversation. And it was great. What was your first impression during that that initial we'll call it we'll call it date because he wants to call it a date. (laughs) What was your first impression talking to me, you know, 
at at Marcus's at the restaurant. Yeah, yeah, like she's so clever and really switched on, and she kind of she gets what dating should be in my mind in a, in a Christian context. Um, you know, I think we were on the same wavelength in terms of what we were looking for and how we wanted to go about the dating process. And, and that gave me a, a lot of comfort that I wasn't going to be wasting my time. Um, so it, it was an easy process, you know, talking to Shante just came very naturally. I think it was just great. We're just over here smiling at each other. And I know you can't see us, but it was absolutely great. And I feel like during the conversation, I felt so comfortable with him. I didn't feel pressured. We were laughing. We were talking about so many different things. And although we come from, well, actually kind of almost similar backgrounds, they were a bit different. One thing, um, my mom's Jamaican and my dad's Bermudian and Cornell's mom's Jamaican and his dad's Bermudian. So we had that sort of, Caribbean Jamaican Bermuda flavor going on and we could so Shantae would understand the jokes yeah Uh, and I didn't have to do any explanations which was great and so from a cultural perspective we we are hybrids and um, I think we've had a very similar upbringing in terms of being across two cultures and it's been just fantastic like she gets the food um, you know we we have the banter. It, it, it's so much fun, and and you went to a university in the UK too, so we get get the English banter too. So it it, it all worked, and it it just felt almost effortless. Like it was so easy. And yeah. I would say it was so easy and it was so peaceful. And before we even get to what what happened, I guess, within the eight months leading up to us being engaged right now, I want to ask you, honey, to share with them, like, what was your waiting season like? How was it for you um, being a single Christian man waiting and dating? Let's talk about that. Let's have a real conversation and then I'll share my experience on waiting and dating. Yeah, sure. I I guess... My experience is not, uh, you know, the typical sort of 20-something-year-old male. Um, I I was, I guess you could say I was on a mission not to find a girlfriend. I wanted to find my wife. And so I, I didn't want to spend time with women who were not, in my mind, potential candidates to be a wife. I wasn't out here trying to play the field and, you know, just have a bit of fun. Um, I, I value the institution of marriage. I want a family. And so during my single season, I, I've taken the time to work on my career, work on different interests that I have. I, I love to travel. So I, I saw the entire world, um, you know, from Australia to Asia. Um, and, and Shantae and I have this common interest of travel, which is brilliant. So we both went to Thailand and uh, ha- ha- had a good time. It's well, separate times, of course, <laughs> but, um, you know, we, we could share these different experiences and, and what we've learned from them. And so there was always something to talk about. And, you know, conversations never got boring, I should say. So, um, yeah, it was just brilliant. But during the single season, I think it's really important to work and develop on yourself, um, not 
just you know whether it's your career or or any hobbies you might have but work on yourself spiritually and 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 level up you know so i would say i've always kind of grown up christian and and and, and been a, a church goer but I, I would say from my time at university to now, uh, my, my faith is at a different level. And, and, you know, that all comes from, you know, your, your personal development within your, your faith. I play the organ at an Anglican church. When I was at university, I, I joined the sort of evangelical Anglican church in Kensington. And, you know, we, we share a lot of commonalities on on what we believe and so it made that foundation almost effortless so in that perspective we're very equally yoked and so that was an important thing for me to find a woman who I didn't have to drag along in the faith or I didn't have to drag to church she would understand where I was and I would understand her and we would try to grow each other and that has been an amazing experience with you oh honey yes okay sorry back to what we are doing i think that's so important i would even say in my season of like waiting on the lord i remember just coming up and i was never one to be um just dating different people just for the sake of it like i would say all the time i'm not really a girlfriend i'm not a baby's mother i'm somebody's wife and dating and having negative impacts um with the people that i would allow into my life really allowed me i think when it got to the the last relationship that came before cornell i really had to do a self evaluation on okay shante yes these relationships didn't work out and yes, the other person may have caused it not to work out, but let's let's look at you. Let's look at who you are in a person. Let's look at what you're lacking maybe spiritually or what you're lacking mentally on your thoughts about yourself that are are allowing you to bring these type of people into your life to fill the gaps that only God can fill. And once I was able to identify where I needed to spend some more time in God's presence, just building up myself spiritually and and emotionally, that's when I really decided that, you know what, I'm not dating anymore. And I remember saying this, I was like, I am not dating anymore until God tells me like, this is this is the person that I need to be sharing my time with. And during that season, I traveled, I grew my business, I started this podcast, and I was really working in my purpose and really up there just ministering and doing what the Lord would have have me to do. So when uh, he came along and found me, I, he found me working and I found him working in his purpose. And it was so important to me that we are equally yoked and that it wasn't a struggle with him as far as our relationships with God and going to church. And he goes to church quite a few times a week, and so do I, and it's never been a struggle. And I'm not just saying like just church for the sake of it. We have different roles as as ministers in our respective churches that require us to show up more than probably the average person. And we understood that. So I think that was really, really important. And we had the similar or almost like identical values in what is important in life. 
um, when it pertains to family, to business, to uh, what we expect to see out of our future, which was really good. Um, I know that this, I think, was the first relationship for me where I dedicated myself to doing it God's way. And what I mean by that is just literally waiting and going at the pace that God would have us to go, not rush anything along, but also making sure that we both stay committed on our journeys of abstinence and our respective journeys. And we just got to know each other as people, not just a physical connection, but really connecting, getting to know him every part of him without the physical intimacy, which I think brought us, I would say, a lot closer. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, I I would add to that, that, you know, when you get to know somebody without that level of physical intimacy, you can take an objective view. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you're less clouded by these emotions and you know, these ties that are, these bonds that are formed yeah, soul through, ties, yeah. through, through, you know, sexual contact with somebody. Um, and you can, you can be more rational about it. Yeah. And I, I found that I was able to step back and really think, what are the values and qualities that I see in Shante that match with what I'm looking for in a wife? And you know, I could evaluate these things without that added strain. And that's been hugely beneficial because, you know, if for some reason the relationship at a certain point in time during our dating phase did not work out, it is much easier to move on. Yeah, I I think that is so important. And it also allows you to really evaluate the characteristics. I remember last year, November, I was watching a sermon and the Lord laid it on to my heart to write down the characteristics, not the physical attributes, but the characteristics of the spouse that I was looking for. And I wrote down my list. I think it was like 24, 25 things. And at at the end of my list, I wrote in faith that I would be engaged by this time next year. And I'm engaged a lot earlier than this time next year, which is great. But just even being able to to evaluate the characteristics that Cornell has, he, I think it took maybe, maybe two or three weeks. It didn't take long for me to identify every single characteristic that I wrote down and the ones that I, I learned during the single summit, what the Bible says of a, a husband. I know so many times we go through Proverbs 31 and it gives you a whole list of what your good wife should be, but we hardly see things about what a good husband should be. And I thank Dr. Finn, who at the single summit spent a lot of time talking about the different characteristics of a godly husband, which was really important. And he exhibited all of those characteristics really, really early on. And I like that he was very firm and strong in his um, convictions and there wasn't any room for swaying. So there was no pressure um, from either one of us. We can just giggle and laugh and, and lie on the couch knowing that there would not be anything inappropriate happening and i think that allowed for a certain level of peace yes um during our relationship what would you uh, there was no pressure in that department yeah um you know we were both on the same page as to what we were trying to achieve the goals were aligned and so we can set that aside to be within the right compartment of marriage 
and look at everything else in isolation.、Mm-hmm. And I just found it tremendously beautiful、um, that you know I I found somebody who wanted to do it the way that I wanted to as well. Yes, and I think that was that was really really beautiful for us. And I I want. To ask you another question, honey, I get this question a lot from women, and I know a lot of women who listen to this podcast are strong, very independent women、um, who are really slaying it in their businesses and in their lives, and they're really concerned when it comes to dating. So I want to about,、um, I should say, they're really concerned when it comes to dating about intimidating. Men with what they have going on in their lives. So I want to ask you, honey, how did you feel dating me, who is a strong woman who has her own business, who is out here doing podcasts and going around and speaking to people all over the world? How did how did you feel about those things, those qualities that I have that made me like strong? To me, it was very attractive. I like women who are. Doing, who are elevating in their careers or or anything else, their businesses, their whatever they're doing, they are focused. And if Shante hadn't have been doing, I wouldn't have found her. And so I I I would say to any women who feel that you know when am I going to find this man or, or when is this man going to find me? I should say,、um, you should be doing. And if you're doing what God has for you to be doing, you will be found at the right time by the right person. Amen, amen. And I would definitely doing and doing in your purpose, which is so very important. And I love that He found that part of me attractive because. I've heard that before. While、well, all your achievements intimidate me, and then here comes God's choice for me, who is highly attracted to me because of all of the doing that that I I I have going on, and the fact that I think we both are very young and very accomplished at our ages. It's just also like a miracle of God. So, what is something that surprised you along this journey? Oh.、Uh... How you manage to juggle your career, you know, everything else you're doing, and find time for me. So I think we made a conscious effort at the beginning. Friday was always date night,、mm-hmm. and that that was our protected time. And I think you know, going into any kind of long term relationship, it's important to. Make it a priority to spend quality, uninterrupted time with each other. Yeah, and and that's what we did, regardless of how busy my travel schedule is, or or your schedule, and so on. This is just as important as a work meeting. Exactly, and that is so important because Fridays have always been for us date night. But even earlier in the year, before COVID really happened, on Friday nights I was the youth director at my church. So youth night would finish at eight thirty, and we still set that time, even though it's a little later than usual, and have date night, which was very, very important to me. I could also see the conscious effort he was making.、Um, I remember about a month or so after we had been dating, he went away on a trip, and he went away on the trip. And on the night he came back, 
he came straight to find me and I was at church at this prophetic conference and he came and he just sat next to me and he spent the week, the weekend, the next couple of days in that yeah. conference with me. And there was no must, there was no fuss. We just went and we received the word and we talked about it. And we just had a lot of, a lot of very long conversations um, that allowed us to really get down to the bottom of it. And I think as far as I am concerned, I had to learn how to, on this on this journey, I had to learn how to be led. Because being a strong person, you tend to be, especially as strong women, we tend to want to be the leaders. But God has called us to to the right person to be submissive. And I think I knew, I pretty much knew, like, this is him, this is my husband, maybe two, three weeks in. So I was very conscious in my efforts to let him lead and to sort of just watch him leave, which was very, also very attractive to me because it was something that I had never experienced before. How did you find uh, being the leader even while dating? Well, I'm glad you understand how God organized everything to be. Um you know, I am a natural leader. There are areas that I'm very strong in. And leading doesn't mean dominating. Oh, say that one again for the people in the back. Leading does not mean dominating. And I think people get it mixed up sometimes. And, you know, you have to value the other person's opinions and desires. And if you want to do something, you must always consider them. Mm-hmm. And you know, Shantae allows me to make decisions, but we make decisions in consultation. Mm -hmm. And so I love how she kind of allows me to get on with certain things and, you know, organize things, make surprises. And we have this level of comfort because we trust each other. Mm -hmm. But there are areas where Shantae is much stronger than I am. And I allow her to take the lead there. So it, it's working as a team, mm-hmm. which is very important. And, and whether you know you're dating or you're married, these are qualities that will make for a successful relationship, even in the workplace. You know, you can't be great at everything. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to recognize your weaknesses, address them and get help where you need. And if there's somebody who's stronger than you, you know, be the bigger person and allow them to teach you or show you. I I absolutely agree. And I think where I am weak in some areas, he is definitely stronger. And I am so open to not to actually learning from him. Like I am the type of person, I want to know your train of thought. I just don't want to know your decision. I want to know how you reached your decision. And because we communicate so well and we talk a lot, it allows me to understand the thinking behind the decision. And I mean, we've had some, he's consulted for me in my business and even in just how I go about my savings and things like that. And we've had some tough conversations that weren't exactly comfortable. The conversations that I probably felt like running away from, but what I love is that it never resulted in an argument. It never resulted in somebody giving up and saying, you know, 
well, forget this. I don't need to have this these tough conversations with you. And I remember that probably the last tough conversation we had, I remember having to go take a walk. And I thought to myself, this is great because I'm learning as well. I took a walk because I knew that the lawyer in me, hmm. the cross-examination person in me, the attitude that's in me wanted to respond in a certain way that wasn't necessary. But what it needed was constant communication. And I was able to say to him, well, you know what, honey, what you said was right. It's just the, your delivery. I wasn't really a fan of. He was, took my constructive criticism, changed his delivery, and we still were able to come to a good conclusion at the end. And I really appreciate that. And I appreciate the fact that uh, a disagreement doesn't have to be an argument. Yeah, A disagreement can just be a disagreement. And you, if you communicate it and talk about it, then you should be able to come to the end of it. And I think exactly. we have had not, not too many disagreements, but we have... Of course, like anybody yeah, learning each definitely. other, ha- disagreed on certain things, certain points of views, mm-hmm. um, had a few intense fellowships yes. along the way. But you come to a balanced uh, and reasoned decision. Yeah. And you, you try and at least incorporate the desires of both people if you can. Right. And that's also very important, making sure both people are taken into consideration. And he just definitely does a good job in uh, having me as his co-pilot and always consulting and talking and asking what we think of what I think. And I remember one of the things I really liked about him in the beginning is he quickly changed his eyes to wheeze. And I thought that was so beautiful that he was thinking of me even early on as a as a unit, not just as a, a two separate entities. And I really appreciated that. Uh, honey, another question I wanted to ask you or have you talk about is how do you find ways to creatively date while remaining abstinent and dating God's way? I'll let him answer and then I'll I'll put my two cents in. Well, you've got to be one who thinks outside the box a little bit. Um, you know, we had a large portion of our dating life uh, in the COVID crisis. And, you know, I enjoy cooking. So many date nights have been at my house, a very nice candlelit dinner. And, you know, sort of, Netflix, maybe. And, and when we it's say, been very enjoyable. And sorry, honey, to cut you off. And when we say we're watching Netflix, we're literally just watching Netflix. We're not new age Netflix and chilling. We're just watching a movie and talking. And even a lot of our dating has been through COVID. So we've had to date during just using the FaceTime That's when right. we were stuck in shelter in place. Uh, what is about? A month? A, a month or maybe maybe two months where we were really stuck with being unable to really go outside. And then when we could go outside, he would have these brilliant ideas and take me out on picnics at different beaches and different spots that we would find. We'd always go for a drive and we started doing the Saturday shopping. I need to go grocery shopping and he'll come with me and he'll grab a few things. So we always look for creative ways to date and also making sure, especially in in the beginning, making sure that we were always not out too late. Exactly. Um, Making sure that we were always in a, like Langray and Robin like to tell us, a well-lit area. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So, you know, you've got to know your triggers as well. So, you know, don't 
don't try and set yourself up to fail. Um, you know, if you know a few glasses of wine and dimly lit room with and some nice music is going to do it for you, don't do it. Definitely. Definitely, definitely, definitely. That's so important because the enemy is always there and it, he will make it easy for you to slip into temptation. But remember, God always provides you with an out for temptation. So look for the out and take it. But before you even get tempted, one thing I would say is make sure that you do know your triggers and definitely avoid them by all means necessary. Have an accountability partner. We have accountability partners in yeah. um, Langray and Robin who have been married, who have gone through this process before us. And they were always checking on us, seeing what time we got home from our our, our dates and yep. making sure that we were keeping S- our- Sending us the eyes. Sending us the eyes if we're out too late and they didn't hear from us. And that was really, really helpful and important, just knowing that you have other people. Even at first, when I would come over to Cornell's house, I would just be outside on the patio. That's right. We'd yeah. be outside on the patio- Um. It's summer, so the days were long. Yeah, make a barbecue, you know, it's... Something quick, something have tapas. It, it doesn't have to be expensive either. Yes. You know, some some of the very best dates I think we've had have... Been in the house. Been in the house, or, you know, you can pack a really nice picnic and go find a nice location, whether it's a park or a beach, and, you know, it's... It's just spending the quality time together and, and you know, also understanding each other's love languages. Um, yeah. That, that's important. And learning to love the other person in the way that um, they are able to receive the love. Um, so. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I think having this level of constant communication and learning each other without the sex, without the physical intimacy has allowed me to really study him just by by talking to him, just by watching how he responds to things, just by being observant. So I really got to know him. And when it came time for things like his birthday, I was able to plan something that I knew he would love because I had put in the time really getting to know who he was as a person, even his thought process with certain things where I knew that, okay, we can't do, that's not going to, he's not going to like that. I knew that before it happened. So I think that really helped really just studying him and knowing his love language and knowing who he was as a person. Yeah. Yeah. No, she has me down to a T. Um, it was probably the best birthday I've ever had. And, you know, she had every little detail taken care of it was spectacular oh so yes it was spectacular so now that we are actually at your birthday i think we should get into the story of how we got engaged but before we get there honey when did you know when did you know that you know what i want to i want to marry her when did you know that it was probably the beginning of the summer i think probably around May, June, um, you know, I'd spent enough time with you. And I think things accelerated a little bit during the lockdown because we got to spend a lot of time together, whether it was over FaceTime or in person. Um, and, you know, in a normal kind of dating relationship, maybe you'd only see each other once, twice a week or something, but we, we managed to probably see each other every day at yeah. some point. And, um, yeah, so I'd say it was the early summer and, 
you know, this woman really loves me, I can tell, and I can trust her with everything. And that's important to me, to be able to trust somebody, whether it's with the money or whether it's with, um, you know, small things even. You know, she's a woman who keeps her word. And I could see that she was committed and I was the the only one she had eyes for. And that that did it for me. No. Because I guess if you if I think about the past, you know, you're you're not certain you're the only one that someone might have eyes for. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't sit well with me. Mm-hmm. And so you want to know that you're the only person in the world. And that if I can feel comfortable with that, that's how I really said yes. I want to spend my life with this woman. Oh, honey. Well, um, that was perfect because then I could ask you to tell the story. Beautiful segue. I would like you to tell the Purpose Chasers how you proposed and don't skip any details because it's an excellent. I'll try not to. Excellent proposal. And if he does, I'll kick in you guys. You know how I am. Go ahead. Well, we go back to my birthday around the middle of August. Um, Shantae had asked me if I was interested in doing a photo shoot. Um, and I pretty much said no. <laughs> um, he said no, but in a, in a softer tone, no. <laughs> I, I said my, my COVID body isn't ready for a, a, some photo shoots. Um, so in the back of my mind, I had been thinking maybe this is a, a good way to do the proposal if we were not able to do my first choice, which was um, outside of Bermuda, where we live, uh, due to the travel restrictions and so on. So I went to plan B and... Um, I rang up one of the hotels here to see if they had any uh, private beach dining and so on. Um, and so I arranged that and I told Shantae that we were going to take uh, some photos at sunset uh, for her birthday. So that wouldn't arouse any suspicion. Um, she would just think I'm, I'm planning this event that she wanted to do for my birthday for hers. Um, so she went and got... I don't know, all your nails and Nails, hair, hair and makeup done. I was the ready. The whole nine yards she got done. And, um, you know, she just thought, okay, I'm going to go take some some pictures with my man and, you know, life's going to be good and maybe we'll find some food after, whatever. And... Because uh, I had completely no idea other than a sunset photo shoot on the beach. And I, you have to remember, we live on an island... So there's water really everywhere. We live in Bermuda. So when he said on the beach, I didn't know what beach. I didn't know in which direction of the island we were going. I just knew what time he was picking us up, picking me up. And I remember him driving toward the west where the majority of our our beaches are in Bermuda. And he was driving for such a long time. I felt to myself that we've run out of beaches that I remember. Like right now, it's just coastline. It's just water. It's it's not beach. So in my mind, I actually thought maybe we're going to a boat. Like maybe the boat is going to take us to a beach. I, I I don't know. And we got up to one of the places we like to get a good fish sandwich. And he said, shall we go here and stop for some food? 
And I'm thinking to myself, you guys, why are we stopping for food now? Like, I'm fully, I, my face is beat. I'm ready yeah. for this And the this sun's food. about to set. And the sun's about to set. And you're asking me about food? So he gets uh, past this restaurant and he makes a U-turn and starts to head back. And then that's when I realized which beach he was going to, one of the hotels, Cambridge Beaches. Um, I was like, oh, this is where we're going. So that's where we're doing the sunset uh, photo shoot. So go ahead, honey. Yeah, and I, I had the photographer all set up and she was uh, in on the plan. So she she was playing the part, you know, we're just going to take some photos and so on. Um, and then we get down to the private beach and uh, there's a peninsula jutting out into the ocean and uh, she suggested well, to Shantae, you know. Well, before he gets there, because he's he's fast tracking. Oh yeah. We um we took some photos uh, around the property, and I remember thinking to myself, "This is a sunset photo shoot on the beach, but we're not going down on the beach." And the photographer kept saying, and I saw th- I could see the beach, and the photographer kept saying, "Well, um, I don't want to go too far down. I don't want to go too far down." And in my head, I'm like, "Why don't you want to go too far down? Obviously, we're going to the beach." But I didn't say anything. I was excited. I was happy. I was just going with the flow. So later on in the photo shoot, Cornell says, "Okay, are we ready to go to the beach?" So we start walking back to the reception desk, and we go inside, and you know, he tells the people we're ready to go down to the beach, and somebody comes out to take us to the beach. Now, in the direction we're walking, there's a golf cart. So I thought to myself, oh, that's why we couldn't go down to the beach, because we obviously need to take the golf cart down, because it must be a long walk, um, because I haven't really been there, so I don't know. But then we walk past the golf cart, and I am completely confused now as to where we're going, because the beach is in the opposite direction. So once we get to where we're going i see a sign that says private candlelit dinner and some steps so i look at him and i smile and we walk down into this yeah sort of little cove uh very private exclusive beach and um the photographer suggests to shante that we take a few pictures on the beach and then she spots this peninsula that that sticks right out into the ocean and the sun is setting right behind it and uh it, there are lots of jagged rocks and so on so shante kicks off her shoes and uh you know apprehensively goes along on these rocks and um got some amazing shots and then she wants to come back to the beach. and Because, uh, you guys, I have no shoes on, right? So I have on flip-flops. And if you're standing on a rock that's smooth, it's fine. But if you're standing on a jagged rock, <laughs> it is so uncomfortable. And he still has his shoes on. So I'm just like, all right, honey, that's enough. I'm ready to go back into the sand. So uh, I, I turn her around and I say, come back. And then I say a few words to her. And before he starts talking, I'm thinking to myself, honey, why are you talking right now? Like, this is not the greatest part part of the beach to have a conversation. We're on this narrow, like, ledge thing trying to walk out. I feel like we're walking a tightrope to get out here. There's water on both sides. Why are we having a conversation? And he starts his speech, yeah, I will I, say. Yeah, I, I said a few nice words. and That uh, neither of us can remember, but I'm sure they, will br- but they she, were brilliant. She remembers the most important words. And uh, what did I say? Yeah, I remember him saying, I love you, and I know I want to spend the rest of my life with you and then he got he was getting down on his knee and i was so shocked because 
To me, that wasn't even a place to get down on a knee. I don't even know how he managed to do it. Um, and then he whipped out. I pulled the ring out of my pocket. Um, so no box. No box, just the ring. And we're over the sea. This could have gone horribly wrong. So wrong. Um, ring could have just disappeared beneath us. <laughs> but thankfully, um, she got the ring onto her finger. Well, wait, you didn't say what the question you Oh, asked. yes, I asked her if she would marry me. And he says before he finished the word marry, I had said yes. So I was super excited. He put the ring on my finger, which fit perfectly. And I was in shock when I saw the ring. It was exceedingly abundantly above all I could even ask or think. And it's absolutely beautiful. So if you want to see it, definitely go check out my social media post. It will be up there. But I was just so happy. And I felt like every, well, every time I'm with Cornell and I, 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 I just observe the way he loves me, I feel so loved by God that he has given me this gift in this man, and I feel God's love through him every single time. So I was definitely just overwhelmed, and what was even what was even great, and I felt like was just a sign from God. We get back onto the beach, we take yeah. a few pictures, and we sit down at, for dinner, and this boat just drives by, like, drives. Is that what they call it? Sails by. Sa- thank you. Sails by um, in the ocean, and they see us. And they're playing Ed Sheeran's Perfect, which is one of my favorite songs. And they see us, so they turn the music all the way up on the boat. They put the lights on their phones so it would look like lighters. They start swaying and seeing Ed Sheeran's Perfect to us. And that was just like... He could have told me he arranged that and I I I would have believed him because it was so on cue. Yeah. It was just like God was speaking to us in that moment and I was so happy and I was just overwhelmed and full of smiles mm. and just excited to to start this next chapter with my fiance <laughs> that I can now say I can say. Yeah, it's it's been quite the whirlwind of a weekend and uh I am so excited to spend the rest of my life with you. Oh, I'm excited to spend the rest of my life with you. I um, just wanted to share this testimony with you guys because I think in January, both of us didn't think in September we'd be here. Did you? Not at all. No. And um, just with the experiences that we've had with dating and they say that God can do a quick work. And when they say that, I'm just like, yeah, he can do a quick work. But this work, I was not expecting. And he's done a quick work. And even our families just gel well together. And they're very accepting. Cornell's family is so accepting of me. And my family is so accepting of him. There was just peace. I don't think I've ever been in a relationship where everybody just knew. Yeah, no, it, they just. I think everybody just sensed in their spirit, like, okay, these two are meant for each other. Even my dog. Even the dog. The even champ yes so they just had it in their spirit so they were really championing us and cheering us on and praying for us so the excitement around us getting engaged um on friday has just been a whirlwind it's been crazy but you know in the beginning i i had said um you know this has been a long journey but you know it, it has been in many respects because i didn't think I would find exactly Shantae and 
There she was in January. So I, I couldn't be greater. My prayers have been answered. And uh, I am just looking forward to this next season. It's going to be great. It is going to be great. And my prayers have been answered as well. So you guys, thank you for listening to our testimony time. We are engaged. So we will be looking to start planning a wedding um, <laughs> over the next few months. So if you have any tips for planning a wedding, slide into my DMs. Mm. I would love to hear your tips. If you've been married for a very long time and you listen to this podcast, let me know how it's been your words of advice for newly engaged couples, things you wish you knew when you were engaged. Just let me know. I'm so interested in, in hearing and learning as I transition into this period. And another thing, um, I, I realized that I was in a transitioning period about maybe six weeks ago and I started preparing myself. What is it going to be like when I move from being girlfriend to fiance to wife? And I started to study what God says in the Bible really about marriage more deeply in a, in a different level. And it's just been great because it's been right on time. So I've been preparing myself and he knows that and he already knew what he has up he had up his sleeve as far as engagement was concerned and I didn't even know. So everything works out in God's timing. And I just want you, if you feel like you have been waiting forever, if you feel like God has forgotten about you, I want to remind you that he has not forgotten about you. Your time will come. He is preparing somebody or he has, I should say, prepared already somebody who is exactly what you need, who is exactly what will bring the the heavens to their 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 feet as they applause as the two of you um get together and join in a union just for his glory and to expand his kingdom and then for of course companionship so honey what last question for you what advice would you have for anybody in that waiting season what advice my best advice would come from Matthew 6:33 and that's seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. So, you know, keep the faith, keep doing what God has for you to do, keep seeking him. And when the time is right, he will reward you. And this is exactly what has happened. Amen. Amen. I completely agree. So with that being said, honey, can you close us out in a word of prayer? Sure. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for getting Shantae and I to this day. This is the day that you have made, and we are certainly rejoicing in it. And so we thank God for our past and our present, and we thank you, Lord, for what is to come in the future. And to all the listeners out there that are still waiting, Lord, comfort them that you are one who provides and they continue to seek your face you will provide in your time and so we thank you lord for everything that you're going to do thank you lord for the smooth planning that's coming for this wedding and we thank you lord for the uh healing in the world with this COVID crisis, we hope that everybody can get back to normal 
jobs restored, finances restored, and get us into an even greater place with you. And so we ask these things in your name. Amen. Amen. All right, you guys, we'll talk to you next week for another episode of the Pray, Plan, Slay podcast. Be sure to follow me, your host, Shantae Sapphire, at Shantae Sapphire, and follow the podcast at the Pray, at Pray, Plan, Slay podcast. All right, that's it from us this week. So I'm engaged, y'all. And I'll talk to you later. Have a great week.